Hey everyone, welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, and as most of you know, I often speak to homeschooling moms, but this devotional series that I'm doing, Grace for a Mom's Heart, is for all moms who want to grow in their understanding of the word and specifically how it applies to motherhood. So I would love it if you would share it with all of your friends. And also, if you could take a minute or two and leave a quick review uh, from wherever you're listening, if it's iTunes or Overcast or Spotify, any of those places, um, what happens is when you leave a review, those places automatically show the podcast to other moms who are looking for podcasts to listen to. So that would be super helpful. Today, we are going to be studying Psalm 3. Now, I don't know about you, but I have my own set of enemies that I battle with on a regular basis. You know, sometimes these enemies are on the outside and sometimes they're on the inside, you know. Um, But if you are struggling with enemies in your own life, you will find some great comfort in Psalm 3. The Psalms were written by several authors, but of course, David is the one who wrote most of them. And David is the author of this particular Psalm. He is in the midst of running for his life from several enemies, including his own ungrateful son, Absalom. He's being pursued for his crown and his very life, and even his own flesh and blood is out to get him. I cannot imagine the heartache and betrayal that David felt in this particular situation. You know, as moms, we have our own vast and varied enemies that we face, some for a season and others on an ongoing basis. Some of us are feeling the weight of wayward children, but all of us seem to be struggling with a certain amount of anxiety. We're told a million different ways how to raise our kids. Access to information, although helpful at times, has more often than not brought unprecedented amounts of anxiety. We experience pressure to perform as parents, spouses, employees, daughters, friends, and Christian women. In the midst of this chaos, the enemy breathes his insidious lies. You'll never be enough. You will never do enough. He tempts us to go after other gods. Now, success can be one of those gods. Success has much to do with how we appear or think we appear to everyone else. It can take the form of people-pleasing, materialism, privilege, how we look as a mom, how we look as women in our church, in our ministry, or our circles of influence. Even our physical appearance, our intelligence, or knowledge of current issues or trends, those can all be areas of temptation to look and be successful. The enemy knows just exactly where we are vulnerable, and we need to never forget that. Money is another area that can drive us. Whether we have plenty, we are struggling financially, or anywhere in between, It can consume our thought life and destroy our marriage, our family, our friendships. 1 Timothy 6, 9, and 10 warns against this. It says, But people who long to be rich 
fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Fame is another one. Every voice wanting to be heard and everyone wanting to be seen creates noise that is unbearable and so confusing that no one is actually being heard. We want to know that we matter to someone, that we stand for something and that we're making a difference. Now, these desires are not wrong in and of themselves, but they are needs and desires that only God can fill. So when we are struggling with discontentment, it often boils down to one very important question. Is he enough? Let's listen to Psalm 3 as David cries out to the Lord. Oh Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying, God will never rescue him. But you, oh Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. I just want to go back over that passage and point out a couple of things. I'm just going to read it again from the beginning and share a couple of notes with you. Oh Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying God will never rescue him. But you, oh Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. Do you hear the humility there? David isn't holding his own head high. In fact, his head sounds like it's tending to droop and be sunken with all the weight of of all that he's bearing right now. But he's saying here that God is a shield around me. Isn't that a beautiful picture? He's a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. Can't you just picture God taking his hand and putting it under David's chin and lifting it up, that's what he has for us moms. We don't need to be under condemnation. We don't need to to stay buckled under the weight of whatever we're bearing today. He is the one who holds our heads high. Verse four, I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy mountain. Verse five, I lay down and slept. You know, I think about that. How is that even possible? These people are after him. His own son would like to see him dead. And yet here he says he lays down and sleeps. And I think I lose sleep over far less things than this. But this just shows us how powerful 
God is and how much comfort and peace he can bring. David says, I lay down and slept, and yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. That is the reason he could rest. That is the reason he woke up in safety, because the Lord was watching over him. Not because he got everything right and he pulled everything off and he was so strong and mighty and he you know, dotted every I and crossed every T, but it's because the Lord was watching over him. Verse six, I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Do you hear the courage that is being um, mustered up, not from his own strength, but from remembering who God is? Arise, O Lord, and rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Do you hear that? The victory comes from God. We as women so often put so much on ourselves and it, it's, it's a good thing to be responsible. It's a good thing to want to do everything we can and to walk in obedience to the Lord. But I'm afraid that a lot of times we think we have control over a lot more than we really do. And we fret about so much more than God really wants us to be fretting over. There's so much more letting go to do than we realize. But it helps to recognize that our victory doesn't come from us. It comes from the Lord. He is the one who fights for us. We need to just stand. You know, it talks about this in the New Testament, putting on the armor of God and standing firm. I find that picture very interesting because it doesn't say put on the armor and run forward and beat the tar out of your enemies. It says put on the armor and stand firm. I love what God says in the Old Testament to Joshua when he was encouraging him and the people of Israel to go in and take the promised land that was theirs. He told them that the battle was not theirs. It was his Moms, if we could just remember that, that we can rest in his loving hands and understand that the victory comes from him. God is on our side. He is good. He is faithful. He is just. His mercies are new every morning. The bottom line is that we all have deep needs that only God can fill. And not only does he fill them, He does it in ways that bring peace that is beyond understanding. It's the peace described in Philippians 4, 6, and 7 that says, don't worry about anything. Do you hear that? Don't worry about anything. It's not saying accept your children or accept your marriage or accept your bills or accept this friend who has betrayed you. It says, don't worry about anything. And I don't think that's meant as condemnation if we are finding ourselves concerned about things. There's nothing wrong with being concerned, but the difference lies in this. As it goes on to say, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus.
Don't you love that? We don't need to worry about anything. We just need to pray about everything. And you know, our prayers don't have to be lofty or fancy or full of just the right words or with just the right amount of passion. They just need to be sincere. God doesn't care how it comes out. He knows our hearts. In fact, he even said that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with word, with groanings that words cannot express. So not only does he hear our prayers, the Holy Spirit is intervening and interceding on our behalf as well. So as we pray, all God wants is for us just to be honest with him. Be honest with God. Make your sincere your prayers sincere and honest before him. Connect your heart with his. He is so worthy of our trust and he's so worthy and able to shoulder these burdens that we cannot shoulder. A couple of dig deeper questions that I like to ask at the end of these devotionals. For this particular devotional, I want to ask you what areas are being tempted are you being tempted in to run after other gods? So what other gods, quote unquote, tempt you more than any others? Sometimes it helps just to recognize what those are and then we can bring them to the Lord and ask him to help us not to give in to that temptation. You know what's really great is when we go to God with our concerns, um, We have a high priest, that is Jesus, who, it says in the New Testament, can empathize and sympathize with all of our temptations because he was tempted in all ways, just as we were, yet was without sin. So when we talk to the Lord and we talk to Jesus about these things, he gets it. He understands. He has felt those things because he walked life on earth as a human being. So he's not just listening, he's also empathizing. So how does today's, how do today's passages help you realign yourself with God's priorities? And lastly, what truths have you read here and heard here that are helping to lift your personal anxieties? Maybe jot some of those answers down in a journal and continue to pray over these things. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word, for your faithfulness, Lord. Um, We thank you again for how you are unchanging and how your word is unchanging and how the truth is not subjective like the world wants to tell us, Father. But the truth, all truth, comes from you and we can count on it for all of eternity. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us, Father. I pray that you would just open our eyes and our hearts to the things that you want to do in our lives and help us to yield, Father. Humble ourselves and yield to the transforming work of Jesus Christ in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.